Hello to all our listeners in radio and podcast land, and welcome to Church Matters. As usual, my wise and discerning co-pilot, Janet Plennard, is here with me. It's great to be here today in the cockpit with you, Dan. Welcome to Church Matters. This is a radio program of Mennonite Church Canada. Today, we're going to talk about why church publishing matters. Is that right, Dan? We are indeed, Janet. Folks who follow the world of digital and online content distribution know that the music industry has been turned on its head by the wide availability of music, both legal and illegal, on the internet. Same thing with movies and TV shows. The print publishing ministry of the church is also competing in the digital and download arena, and nowhere is the strain of this shift being felt more strongly than in the already underfunded area of church and denominational publishing. Well, I guess you're going to tell us more about why that is, Dan. Well, I could try to do that, Janet, but it's really why we have brought in our guest today. Ron Rempel is the executive director of Mennonite Publishing Network. Uh, though many of our listeners may more readily identify with Herald Press and Faith and Life Resources, both of which are under the umbrella of Mennonite Publishing Network. But really, this is an issue that goes beyond just this organization, but to all denominational and church publishers. So Mennonite Publishing Network, or MPN for short, those are the folks who have brought us cookbooks like More With Less and Simply In Season. We've also produced hymn books that we use in more than a thousand congregations across Canada and the U.S., and the Gather Round Sunday School curriculum. You've got it, Janet. You've named some of the more well-known and popular items. They also have about 450 book titles, such as the ever-popular Believer's Church Bible Commentary Series, Leader Magazine for Pastors and Church Leaders, the Rejoice Daily Devotionals, CD and DVD titles, and a bunch more. They do a lot of great stuff, and it's all in the Mennonite Anabaptist tradition. How long has the Mennonite Church in North America had a publisher? Great question. I did a little research and was surprised to learn that the Mennonite Church has had a publishing ministry in one form or another since about 1881. So we've got well over 100 years of this work under our proverbial belts. Now, Janet, you're the resident theology and Bible expert here on Church Matters. What does the Bible have to say about church publishing? Is there anything in there about scrolls or papyrus or how ancient godly wisdom should be passed on from generation to generation? Well, it's interesting, and we've pulled a few uh, verses which may shed some light here. Let's listen to Proverbs 22.6. Train children in the right way, and when old, they will not stray. Then there's Deuteronomy 6, very well known. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you're at home and when you're away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Then there's Matthew 28, 19-20. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Okay, but just a second now, Janet. Those don't exactly talk about why church publishing matters. Those passages seem to be saying that passing on the faith is important, but that it's everyone's responsibility. That's a good point. But I think we're going to save that question for Ron Rempel. Ron has degrees in theology and journalism. He's been a pastor, has served as the editor of The Mennonite Reporter, and then editor-publisher of Canadian Mennonite. Ron has been the executive director of Mennonite Publishing Network since 2003, Ron, you've got a lifetime of experience and service in the church. Welcome here to Church Matters. Thank you. It's very good to be with you, and I'm glad for this chance to talk about this subject. 
Ron, now you heard Janet and I discussing the biblical case for a denominational publishing ministry. Most of these references suggest that this is everyone's job and, and in fact, often a parental responsibility. But we both know the times have changed and now parents and church education folks use a lot of resources they have not necessarily studied or grown up with. And I should say here that this interview is not specific just to Mennonite Publishing Network. This is a a challenge that affects virtually every denominational publisher. The heart of my question, though, is whether having a church slash denominational publisher really matters anymore. What have you got to say about that? You know, not so long ago, a, a pastor responded to one of our surveys and he had a rather blunt response. He said, if we quit producing our materials, we will quit being the Mennonite church. Like I said, this is stated rather bluntly, but I do agree with the underlying assumption uh, that a body of published material, whether it's in print or in some other form, is very basic and important in grounding Christian identity and mission uh, of a denomination. Okay, this of course begs the question whether it's important to continue having a denomination called Mennonite. And I would say yes. As long as we don't think that we can be the Church of Christ all on our own, and as long as we see this identity as a gift that we can share more broadly, not as just a fence to uh, put around ourselves. And, you know, what is this gift that I think the, the Mennonite church can offer to the broader church and, and, and the world? You know, often people answer this question usually in the area of ethics. They say, well, this gift consists of the following ethical qualities, you know, service, peacemaking, simple living, etc. That's often the answer. And I think it's only a, that's only a partial answer. I think we, we need to add that from our perspective, these expressions of ethics or of discipleship are special because they're grounded in a faith in Christ and they're grounded in a community of faith. And I think that's part of the gift. That's a very important point. I, I like to hear you say that, Ron, that we, our service and our peace and so on needs to be grounded in our faith. Yeah. So what does that imply for having a denominational publisher? Well, I think that the, the whole role of the publisher is to exactly produce um, materials that articulate that faith in all its aspects. I think that articulation happens in families, it happens in congregations, and so it doesn't only happen by an agency called a publisher, but I think uh, it's a service that, that a publisher can provide for the entire church to, to help it, uh, have it have an identity and a mission that is somewhat distinct. Let's talk for a bit about digital marketplace. It's been said that publishers have a very difficult time competing with a lot of this free download stuff that's available online. Sunday school teachers, pastors, other church leaders can download an abundance of materials for free at any time. And they don't necessarily come from rooted denominational publishers, and we don't know what the content of all these are. But we do live in this multimedia age. And production values sometimes say that whatever sells is what we'll do. Is success in the publishing ministry as simple as marketing your product better so that people will want to pay for it? Janet, you make so many important observations there on, on the cultural landscape that we're all swimming in. The internet, the amount of free stuff, and the generic stuff that's out there. And quite frankly, it is really hard to compete with that world of multiple resources. Uh, some of it's really glitzy, some of it's really well done, some of it's not. So it's really hard to sort of swim in the midst of that and to set that as your goal to compete with all that stuff. 
uh, especially when your resources are limited. We don't have unlimited resources to kind of experiment with this and experiment with that. Now, this may sound too simple, but I believe that the only way to be successful is not to try to compete with all those things, but to really work hard at creating something of value, a value proposition, which people and churches want and need so that they can be grounded and they can be true to their identity as the people of God. Uh, something that resonates with where people are. Some of these are things that they want, but there's also some things that they don't know that they need, and that's where the leadership function comes in. Will people automatically want to pay for this? Eh, not necessarily, and not at any cost. So obviously we've got to make things as affordable as possible, but I would simply say if we can keep connecting with people around this core value proposition that I'm calling, then at least we have a chance. Ron, you refer to a value proposition and the content of that. What, what does that look like for an Anabaptist publisher? I think it relates back to what I said a few minutes ago about what, why is it important to have a denomination. And a, de and a denomination is based on some of those perspectives which people have come to value and build their life on. And so there's a certain outlook on the Christian faith which the Mennonite tradition represents. And people who buy our curriculum, for example, say the reason they buy it because it has that value proposition in it. It might be hard on their church budget, but it's sort of interesting. Even in tough economic times, people have not said, oh, it's too expensive. That's not the first thing that they say. They say, it resonates with what we think we should be about as a church, and it reinforces something very important for us in the area of how we should live, a Christian faith that expresses itself in a practical lifestyle, but is grounded in, in, in faith and in the community. That's sort of my simple summary of the Anabaptist perspective. Does it also need to be packaged in flashy and glitzy uh, marketing campaign and, and promoted heavily in order to sell? Uh, you know, I think increasingly we can't assume that just because people are a part of a church that they will use whatever that church produces. And so we are having to put more energy and money into marketing than we used to. So we have to make our case, not assume that people automatically buy into it. So yeah, we have to put more effort into that. And I think it's, it's a job that belongs not only to the church publisher, but to all parts of the church too. State not to assume that everyone thinks this is important, but to continue to make that case for why this is important. So loyalty is on the decline. There's tons of free online stuff. With every threat come opportunities. What do you see as the biggest opportunity as a denominational slash church publisher? Well, I would say our main opportunity is that we're not dealing with a general public, we're, we're dealing with a specific public with which we have an historic and ongoing relationship. We're dealing here with people who have appreciated in the past some foundational resources that have been produced over the years. The hymn books, as you mentioned earlier, they're so foundational, the Sunday school materials, some of the devotional materials, some recordings of memorable songs. So this ongoing relationship and conversation gives us the cues that we need on what to publish and in what forms to deliver. We already have a conversation with that market. And, and that, I think, is our great opportunity to, uh, especially when there's so much sort of turmoil right now, 
and so much stuff available on the internet to intensify that conversation so that we can uh, not just assume that we know what people want, but to keep asking more frequently and more often. And fortunately, some of the new social media give us that opportunity in a special way. We can't be everywhere at the same time, but we have new ways of connecting with people now that's, that are pretty exciting. And you want to talk a little bit about what those, some of those new ways are? Well, I think uh, one living example of that is if you were to go to Facebook right now and look on the MPN page on Facebook and follow some of the very interesting exchanges on new books that have come out recently, such as Jesus Matters and uh, The Naked Anabaptist. And, and, and some of this conversation got started even before these books came out. So it has a way of kind of creating a buzz about them and... Uh, and this thing has all kinds of tentacles, you know. And right now we're contracting with a blogger on one of these books. And there's other bloggers that are writing us and saying, us, we'd like to get in on this as well. Would you send us a review copy? Those are just a few concrete examples of where that, you know, the, the, the new media enable a, a different kind of a conversation. More than a one-way sort of PR pitch, but a, truly a back-and-forth conversation on... And that's what social media is all about. Yeah. It's all about the interaction, right? Yeah. Now, to be sure uh, and to be fair, it, we should also say that that you have sold some of your more popular items, like the some of the Gather Round curriculum is making headway into other denominations as yeah. well, correct? Yeah. Do uh, you want to say something about that percentage or how that looks? <laughs> well, it's only a small percentage, 10 to 15%, but it's very interesting... Um, at a time when denominational identity is kind of weak in some places, there are very strong affinity groups that are developing across denominations. And so some of the, th some of the themes that are in our Gather Round curriculum, which highlight a Christian faith that finds expression in service and in peacemaking, really resonates with people in other denominations as well. Such as? Well, the United Church of Canada, the United Church of Christ in the U.S., the Moravians, the Quakers, some Baptist groups. Uh, the Disciples of Christ recently came on as a partner as well, and they're offering it as one curriculum among others that they offer their people. So it's a small part of the market, but it's a very interesting um, experience to interact with those partners. Yeah, A growing edge. Yeah, it is, yeah. Ron, paint us a picture. What would congregational life look like in 10 or 20 years if there was no denominational publisher to provide us with a coherent set of strong value-based uh, hymn books, devotionals, and Sunday school curriculum? You know, I'm tempted to kind of give a bleak response to that question, but let me take a more positive approach. You know, I really believe that our congregations are very resourceful. So if there were no denominational publisher, they would establish one to help them do what they do every day anyway. Because this is what happens in all congregations and in Christian families. On the one hand, they're trying to read the culture, figure out what's happening to their kids, what's happening to their seniors, trying to figure out what is life-giving in that culture, what is life-threatening. On the other hand, they're reading the Bible and they're trying to listen to God. What does God have to say to this culture? That is just a normal reflex that what, what Christians are doing all the time. So what's happening in some of our larger congregations, they have enough people that they're, they're creating curriculum and they're creating study materials for, to help families do that more systematically. Uh, some of our smaller churches have more trouble with that. They don't have, have as many resources. 
And so I really think if suddenly the denominational publishing house were to go bankrupt or have to quit or whatever, a new one would be created very soon because churches would start to talk with each other and say, well, you know, we really need something. What are you doing? Can you help me do this? And pretty soon you'd have a new publishing house. Ron, where are you seeing innovation in church and denominational publishing that might help give direction or lead to a solution to the conundrum of the whole digital marketplace versus the traditional loyalty customer? I'm not sure whether this is innovation, but uh, we produce a lot of study materials. And one of the trends that I'm very excited about and feel very positive about is churches increasingly thinking holistically about Christian formation the institution of the Sunday school is in a bit of trouble these days. It's quite well and alive in many churches, but the whole Sunday school started historically as almost a kind of a structure within a structure. And it had its own leadership and everything, you know. And sometimes it was a leadership that was sort of impervious to direction by the pastoral leadership until it had a life of its own. So I think it's really great that that some of those old structures are breaking up and that it's becoming more holistic. So that's one of the positive trends I see and one of the innovative. The other one is simply um, an embrace of, of, of a multimedia approach in the life of the church. It's happening all over the place. And uh, we're trying to feed into that with uh, providing content in, in, a, in a, a greater variety of forms than we used to. Uh, not only print, but in a variety of electronic forms. And we're very much in the thick of that. Well, thank you, Ron. You've given us and our listeners a lot to think about. Thanks for giving us this time. And thanks for inviting me. Our guest today has been Ron Rimple, Executive Director of Mennonite Publishing Network. And thanks to all of our listeners in radio and podcast land. We'd love to hear what you think about this program. If you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, please write a review about this or any of our episodes. Or feel free to call us at 1-866-888-6785 or email us at churchmatters.com at MennoniteChurch.ca. If you want to know more about Mennonite Publishing Network, or if you'd like to make a gift to the ongoing work of that ministry, visit their website at www.mpn.net slash donate. My name is Janet Plennert. And I'm Dan Dick, and you've been listening to Church Matters, where our prayer is that you'll be called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Every episode gets produced and the podcast uploaded in time for the third Sunday of the month. Tune in wherever you are, and thanks for listening. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.